0: You're listening to School Crack, Ireland's first and foremost Magic the Gathering podcast. I'm your host, David Wolf, and I'm joined here by. Kieran. And Alan. All right, lads, how's it going?
1: I'm shaken to my very core. Right. I didn't know it was possible, yeah, to be this affected by Magic the Gathering Ban announcements, but they've taken away my vintage Narset.
0: Oh.
2: And
1: I'm I'm so upset.
0: Were you heavily invested in vintage in with Narset?
1: Yeah, I've uh, played about four leagues of it on Magic Online over <laughs> over my years. So yeah, you could say I'm i I'm a bit of a professional vintage player.
2: <laughs> yeah. You're a bit of a Narset avocado, you might say. <laughs> I'm a I'm a Narcissist <laughs> <As I laughs> only so thinking of yourself if you have played two or three leagues and not four maybe uh narset would still be uh unrestricted non-restricted exactly
0: um,
1: but to be honest the last time i played vintage i played dredge so if i want to if i want to make a few treasure chests to get i'll probably just do that again
0: well way to bury the lead of course that's the biggest news of the week
1: my bad, my bad. i actually do have some uh some semi magic related news i was in um I was in London this weekend for a lovely holiday visiting one of my friends and going to see the Mountain Goats in concert, who are my favorite band, as uh, fans of the show may know. I've probably mentioned that before. I talk about them all the time. But uh, John Darnielle, the singer of the Mountain Goats, is uh, is a big, big fan of Magic the Gathering. And at the show, uh, during his stage banter, started talking about magic in between songs and then played a short composition about magic that he had written uh, while he was bored on the piano. It was the most insane thing that's ever at a gig that's happened to me.
0: Oh my God. That
1: is amazing. That is so good. What, what was the song like? Um, it was... Uh, it was. I, I couldn't figure out what card it was about, but uh, he said he had gotten inspired. He talked about Vanifar for a bit. He thought he said, uh, he said something like Elf Ooze Wizard is like the most 12-year-old fantasy thing you could come up with but he still loves it as a creature type <laughs> uh the crowd did not know what the fuck he was talking about and there was a thousand people in this room at this gig they're a big band like and uh then he uh he said it was a goblin wizard card that he got inspired by so uh it was only a four bar song that he made up on the piano but uh i'll try i'll try and find it in the show notes maybe if someone's a video on youtube
0: was it goblin and is- an answer it
1: wasn't Electromancer. It might have been. Yeah, it might have been. I don't know, because I don't think he was playing in Ravnica. I think he's gotten into it quite recently. Hmm. But uh, it, it was very good anyway. But yeah, he uh, he has a lot of opinions about Magic. And if you go to uh, twitter.com slash mountain Goats, or possi- I think it's mountain Goats. Yeah, not the mountain Goats. Uh, he tweets a lot about Magic as well on tour. He seems to play it a lot. and uh, He put up some photos on his Twitter before the London show of uh, him and his friends doing a chaos draft backstage at the venue.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's oh, right? cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it so really cool. Uh, people might know the Goats because they did a, a, a concert at Wizards HQ recently uh, for their new album, In League With Dragons, which is kind of semi-about D&D as well. So Wizards obviously make that game. And uh, yeah, he just seems to have really fallen in love with magic since then. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so I was like, there were a few few nerds in the room. It's a pretty nerdy band.
2: So there were a few people who were like, woo! Yes, as we want, as we want. <laughs> or the garden in the big stage. Don't you hate Oko?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, that sounds amazing. Uh, you really should have brought a goat token to uh, get signed. But
1: Oh, a trading post.
0: A trading oh. post would be good. But we also have goat tokens now from Clackbridge Troll.
1: That's true. Well, there is a, I believe there is a card called Mountain Goat in magic I'm going to look this up maybe I'm wrong
2: yeah it, it seems generic that, that enough that has to be true
1: there is, Here it, is. it is a uh, so guys here's, a, here's it's, it's one red mana it's from 6th edition it seems no from, from before then I can't tell I don't know the set symbol summon creature goat mountain walk and it's a 1-1 only the heroic and the mad follow mountain goat trails
2: <laughs> Okay. that's pretty great
1: <laughs> uh yeah i should i should get a foil one of those and ask him to sign it or something yeah
2: that's...
1: i can't get to sign a foiled one a foil do people get foil cards signed are they two things that go together i don't know i'd do it i hate foils anyway fuck it i'm never gonna play with it in my <laughs> in my goat tribal deck what's the best goat in magic are there any good ones uh a well, people say um
0: probably mute
1: I think Alan was going to yes. make a John Finkle joke, right? I, I, I was
0: actually
2: going to make a John Finkle joke, but I couldn't think of a second. <laughs>
0: on. Oh, God, what's his name?
2: Like right here. Clive frantic typing. Oh, it's John Finkle. Oh, damn it. I'll come back. Clive I'll say him as well. That would have been good. We'll fix it in post, <laughs> Al. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. We never fix
0: it in post. I'll just put in John Finkle and then you're good. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> We've uh, talked about nonsense enough. Now we gotta get got it get it Oh my god, I can't speak. We gotta get on to serious business. We've a lot of stuff to talk about this week. There's been so many things happening in Magic. But before we do that, big news. We are now an Inked Gaming affiliate. We're a member of the Inked Gaming Affiliate Program. I'm incredibly excited.
1: This is uh this is one of my favorite companies that start with the word inked <laughs> and I couldn't be happier. Most Did you get your tattooed in place called Inked?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No,
1: but uh, my tattoo consists of ink, so I think that counts. Excellent. Yeah, it's Excellent. actually a Dublin Ink is the name of the tattoo parlor where I got it. Who we are not sponsored by, but I'll look into that also <laughs> and see if we can get some kind of collaboration going on. Uh, that very
2: well.
0: <laughs> well, Inked Gaming is another company that uses the word "ink" in the name of their company, and uh, they are a mo- most well-known as a custom playmat company. So you can head on over there inkedgaming.com and you can go into the custom section and you can get yourself any kind of table tabletop uh, playmat that you desire. You can get uh, a normal size playmat like magic size. You can get an oversized playmat. You can get a little playmat. That's 16 inch by 10 inch. I don't really know how little that is. I can't visualize that in my head. However, you can get a massive playmat for wargaming. So if you're into like Warhammer, stuff like that, or even just a, a two-player Magic playmat, you know those people who come to come to tournaments and they have a, a two-player playmat and you're like, oh, that's really kind, but now where am I going to put my playmat?
1: Yeah, I kind of like that. Also, I use playmats to cover my desk as like a kind of a full mouse mat solution. So I would actually like to get one of those, you know, so I could just have a single playmat across my desk covering my keyboard and mouse and, you know, screen and everything.
0: Well, you know, you know where to head, inkgaming.com. You can even get yourself a normal size mouse pad for those of us who who like something a little more compact, you know? And uh, oh,
1: Wolf, do I have to pay full price for this playmat that I'm definitely going to go and order right now?
0: Uh, you do not. So uh, let me hook you up. You can get 10% off your order. Uh, not just playmats. There's actually there's plenty of other stuff in there. you got um, sleeves, binders, dice bags, totes. Uh, they sell board games. And uh, you can get that really nice uh, stitched edging on your playmat as well. And uh, all of that, you can get 10% off with your order if you type in the code SKULLCRACK at checkout. That is S-K-U-L-L-C-R-A-I-C, just like the name of the show. And uh, you can find the code and the referral link in the show notes.
1: Thank you. And that information is just for me, correct? That won't work for the viewers. This is just just a deal for me.
0: Yeah, this is a one-time offer.
1: Brilliant. I love it.
0: You're on only. Uh yeah. Uh, inkedgaming.com. We're uh, excited to be part of that affiliate program. And uh, if you are thinking of making an order there, just uh, throw in the, the skullcrack code and uh we'll appreciate it. That code again is OCO for life. 33elk.com. Uh it so yeah, that to bring us on to our subject matter for today, that is what we're talking about. We're talking about Oco. It's an all OCO podcast, all OCO all the time, uh, except not anymore because he is banned and standard.
1: Yeah, we're still going to talk about it, about him every week in other formats, though. So don't worry, guys. The OCO content will continue into the foreseeable future, as I'm sure you're all delighted to know.
0: Until morale improves. <laughs>
1: yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So we... yeah.
1: So shall we? Shall we just start with the announcements, just so people know exactly the context if anyone's missed it.
0: Yeah, well, just very quickly, we'll uh, we'll talk about the, the band and restriction announcement. The the Pioneer one hasn't happened yet as of the time of this recording. It might happen while we're talking, don't know. Uh, so we'll be talking about the standard and other format bands and uh, notes on that from the play design team. And then a little bit later on, we'll get into the Magic Arena announcements that were made earlier in the week. And then finally, we'll get a tournament report from Al from his big tournament this weekend. So, yeah, let's jump in to the standard and other bans. Oko, Thief of Crowns, banned in Brawl. Big news. Big if true.
1: Honestly, that is pretty important because that is like the card is just unfun in standard. Absolutely. Right. But it doesn't it invalidates the entire rest of the format even more in Brawl than it does in standard. Because if you're playing a legendary creature as your commander in Brawl, it's a
2: 3-3 elk.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's not great.
2: Yeah, I mean, when I, when I first started playing Commander, I thought I was a genius by playing Imprisoned by the Moon in my deck to have that same kind of a effect on an opposing commander. But, um, you know, funny. it looks and seems like they've found a way to attach Imprisoned by the Moon on, on, a, on a commander itself. The same as Oko. Not
1: anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- this is the reason why Sorcerer's Spyglass is also banned in Brawl, because, like, you can also choose uh, Planeswalker as your commander, so if you have this two mana card that just shuts off all the planeswalker commanders, that's pretty unfun. And then Oko does the exact same thing for creature commanders. So it totally makes sense. And actually it was banned as a, a brawl, banned in brawl last week on arena. Um, so this is just bringing paper in line with that. But then obviously the big news in standard, it's banned. Uh, Once upon a time also banned and veil of summer also banned. Uh, I, predicted last week that they would hit have to hit minimum two cards and i would hit three uh i think kieran you came up with the correct mix of cards that should be banned or or you suggested those three as uh potential bans
1: i did i was also pretty pretty i would have been very happy if nissa had been banned as one of these three cards but i I'm not sure if I... I can't actually remember what I thought my final three would be, but yeah, these three were, were definitely the big ones in the mix as well.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't have been upset with the Gilded Goose ban instead of one of these, instead of Veil of Summer, maybe?
1: Yeah, I think after banning Veil of Summer and Pioneer, it's quite difficult to justify keeping it in standard.
0: Yeah, if it's too powerful for that format.
1: Yeah,
2: definitely.
0: So just some of the justifications here, I mean... I, I mean, we we hardly need to go over the justifications for Oko, um, but in the article posted by Ian Duke, which will be linked in the show notes, uh, they do mention the uh, percentages, like some of the numbers that they've seen, you know, that 69% that we saw at the Mythic Championship, the the win rates for the food decks uh, being about 53% in non-Mirror matches, even though everything is metagamed to uh, to beat it, and it, it still has... Most of the decks, even that people feel were metagame to beat it, still had a slightly losing win percentage against it. Um, And yeah, they they just overshot on on Oko's power level. And uh, I love this particular quote. Oko Thief of Crowns has also reduced metagame diversity and diversity of gameplay in standard by shutting off build-around creatures and artifacts. Ultimately, Oko's power level has proven higher than is healthy for the current metagame and higher than intended for future environments, including Theros Beyond Death and Forward
1: yeah that's a bit of a scary line to me <laughs> um i don't know if i should take that as as ominous or what do you guys think about that
0: maybe
2: um, it's kind of yeah uh, what would you think first of all
0: i yeah i'm not really sure what to think about that um does that mean that there's there's just nothing in peros that would compete with oko or obviously they know what's coming um
1: yeah yeah and i guess like so it's kind of hard to talk about this without talking about the other article that was released, the play design uh, response to to this, and then kind of putting their hands up. Um, we can put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, where they said that uh, Theros Beyond Death and I think the next set after that uh, they think are at the same power level as Throne of Eldraine and War of the Spark. So, or sorry, as Throne of Eldraine, certainly I believe that that was one of the points made. So that's kind of an interesting statement to me, and that they're saying in this article, they don't think Theros Beyond death, death will help this problem, but they're also saying they think that Theros Beyond Death is the same power level as Throne of Eldraine, which is an insanely high power level. So
2: that kind of doesn't make sense to me when you put it together.
0: Well, yeah, I think. Uh, sorry, oh, you go ahead.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, I thought it's kind of my reading this. I I mean, thought yeah. Well, your points are definitely valid they, they're, they're, those are definitely it's possible that, that that is what he's what he's intended but i guess just the phrase like, look at the phrasing he says uh so yeah this is healthy, healthy for the current game and it's higher power level is higher than intended uh for future environments um so future environments obviously being yet yeah, future standard formats and then he says including theros beyond death which is, it's already pretty obvious that is the future because that is like literally the next set and forward so like maybe he intended to say for future environments. Uh and then thought, oh well, this is a pretty good chance to, you know, mention the name of a new set. You know, try try and get people excited. They've started rather than dwelling on how awful things are now. Maybe it's like yeah. a kind of a
1: that way. What it what it maybe means to me is that basically once they realized how busted Oko was, the future future league started focusing on playing Oko decks versus their, you know, future decks with the Theros set and forward in it, and the Oko decks were still winning against those decks. Um I guess that's all you can really take from it, right? It's it's pretty vague.
2: I mean yeah, I, th- I think that is a very good point though, because it's uh it's evident that say something like say something VC like like right now. Uh obviously we're in part of the future future league in the past because uh well ideally they would have figured it out, but if that if that was the case and the decks looked like that and Oko was you know, printed with the same text as he is now, uh back then, they would have realized it was broken so, Yeah, so maybe that there yeah, maybe there was a moment they're like, Oh yeah, let's uh let's try the list from the PT against uh, our best uh, Theros. Oh my God, this is awful. Yeah, yeah
1: it makes me a, a little nervous in that. I'm like, well, you guys knew what, what Once Upon a Time was like. You knew the power level of that card. So like, is Theros Beyond Death? Does it have more Once Upon a Times in it and it still couldn't compete with the, the Oko decks or, or what does that mean, you know?
0: I mean, do, does it specifically mean that there aren't any good answers being printed?
1: Yeah, it could. I mean, they could print a 4-4 elk. That would trump Oko OK pretty good. <laughs> With Hexproof. Maybe they were an elk tribal and uh, the synergies would too strong. Oh, yeah, you could have a creature that gives all elves elks plus 3 plus 3 yeah. and then your opponent just couldn't turn your stuff into
0: elks. Or whenever... Well, they could just turn that creature into an elk. <laughs> 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 well, just put it on an enchantment. Six, six, eight. uh Or you could have... Enchantment that says whenever an elk you control attacks, it gets plus three, plus three until end of turn.
1: Yeah, they could do that. Maybe okay, let's get back to it. Sorry, I feel like I derailed things here.
0: Well, the so the, the the article that you referenced is called Play Design Lessons Learned. And it's by Brian Hawley, who is the head of play design. And basically he gives a a bit of a history of the play design team and the power level of standards since they kind of started and Play design was incepted as a response to some of the problems that cropped up starting in like Battle for Zendikar, etc., um, or even even before that, Dragons of Tarkir, right? Um, with like collective Company and then into Gideon, and ba- basically they they made a conscious effort to to power down standard, but then they had these outlier cards that were just way 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 too powerful um, for the formats, and they they wanted to kind of stop that, and so. To do that and to make people more excited about the cards, they've decided to slowly power up Standard, which obviously we've been able to see like many, many like in this this year alone, lots of Standard cards have been relevant in other formats uh, and e- even last year before that. Um, but yeah, so as a result of that, they have now brought Standard up to the power level of Throne of Eldraine, which they say is around the range for the new normal as far as power level however it's on the high end of the range and it's stated in the article several times that the uh the outlier cards are not necessarily included in that range so like they're what they're saying is that like oko and once upon a time and veil vale of summer are outside of what they consider the normal range for the new powerful standard basically they were trying to make the new powerful standard, and they're relatively happy with the rest of Throne of Eldraine. But those cards that they've banned, including also Field of the Dead, uh, were just too high of a power level for that new normal.
1: But, like, let's see what happens with Questing Beast now that we're in a new format. You know what I mean? That card is ridiculously pushed as well. Right, yeah. There are other examples in this set of cards that are just insane. Like, Gilded Goose is is you know, argue, arguably a better mana accelerant than Llanowar Elves is. It's seeing play in modern in decks that would never want to play Llanowar Elves or Birds of Paradise.
0: Yeah, yeah, Gilded Goose, Wicked Wolf, those are cards <laughs> that are extremely powerful. You know,
1: that's, that, yeah, that's what scares me. It's like even after you take away the ban cards here, Throne of Eldraine is still a crazily high power level set. So if this is the new normal, uh, and that's what they've gauged it at, I'm a little bit concerned going forward.
0: Well, look, they, they, they go through the whole lessons learned here thing, and um, they they say that they were they pushed three mana planeswalkers too much, so it seems like they will they will refocus planeswalkers probably into being four and five mana, uh, or they, they'll certainly be much more conservative with three mana planeswalkers if they do them. Um, they're also leaning way too hard on it says here planeswalkers ability to be attacked. So if you're looking at Oko and thinking, Oh, well, being attacked is a way that planeswalkers are vulnerable. When you look at Oko comes in on potentially six loyalty, also potentially on turn two, you know, that's not there's no reliable way to attack Oko and and realistically kill him before the opponent can mount a defence. So they obviously just misun, you know, they, they um they misunderstood that play pattern and they didn't catch it. Uh, they even call out Teferi Time Raveler as well. Um, as being kind of an egregious planeswalker design for a three-mana planeswalker so they they understand the problems they also said that they haven't printed enough answers and that they will be looking at doing more more cards that answer planeswalkers outside of doing combat damage to them which is a good thing to hear but they also caveat that with you know these things are not going to show up in the next six months because that's just not the way design works it's you know the the set that's coming out 6 months from now which is what ecoria um you know that that set is most most likely completely done um so we're looking at probably corset set 2020 or no 2021 <laughs> we already have Corset set 2020 uh 2021 is going to be maybe where we start to see these changes take place uh, this change in direction so you know they 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 pivot relatively slowly as these things go Quite ironically, uh the
2: course corset twenty twenty one is our is a the fairy themed uh corset. So hopefully hopefully you'll see some power down to fairies on nothing too powerful. Well we need uh, two mana teferi, right? Oh yeah. Opponents can cast creature spells. Can... you need to be able to make a
1: make a straight of uh in your hand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Does
1: a creature cost four? Where I say that? Yes. Yeah, the uh blue, blue, blue one. Yeah. Yes.
0: And the the one from the Planeswalker deck costs six, does it? Yeah, it does,
1: yeah. Good
2: shot street draw. Also, <laughs> oh, also, oh, let's open it in the
1: street draw. It's even better. I know. We've so or we have so many outs to make it to fairy straight <laughs> in the next six months. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh classic blackjack. I mean poker.
0: <laughs> poker.
2: That's gin <general> Rummy. <laughs> that's a that, that's a dark board. This is Domino's.
0: Um yeah, so also included in the ban is Once Upon a Time. Again, it just contributed to massive consistency for strong, strong starts and uh, mana fixing that other colors don't have access to. So again, green just getting all the goodies. And then uh, Veil of Summer, uh, I, I guess I can kind of, in this article, I can kind of, or in this uh, particular paragraph of the article, I can kind of feel their pain. So I'll read it out. Uh, finally, Veil of Summer is also playing an important role in preventing the metagame from being able to self-correct. Cards that played similar roles in the past, like Autumn's Veil and Display of Dominance proved a lower power level than desired in their respective standard environments, leaving green with a weaker option compared to the other color hate cards in those cycles. Veil of Summer is at the other end of the spectrum. It's too much more efficient than the other cards in its cycle, and by comparison to other tools available in standard, gives green decks too much resilience against removal and disruption. You know, you you do kind of have to feel for them here. Uh, I wasn't playing when Autumn's Veil was around but display of dominance was I think almost never used in that standard. I, I feel like it was in sideboards maybe as a one or two of very occasionally, but all the other uh, color hate cards from that cycle were, were highly played in standard. Um, so I do kind of understand where they were coming from with veil of summer. And they just <laughs> didn't realize that a, a draw card was as good as it was, which, uh, you would think that they would realize that, but <laughs> I guess not.
1: Well, it's 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 draw a card and also it stops uh, targeted discard, which Autumn's Veil does not do. Right? It doesn't give you hexproof, so like it's the upgrade of also beating Thoughtsees. So it's it's those are two significant uh, upgrades. But <laughs> like so so like this this is is gonna just sound sound maybe a bit unfair. And like I don't have the answer to the the complaint I'm making here, but I feel like color hate cards in general are basically like using using a mallet when you should try to design a scalpel for the job you know like they're they just always have such a danger of being too powerful uh or being too narrow like i feel like they're they're incredibly hard to get right and when you go wrong with them it's it's it just really leads to like unfun gameplay like powerful cards with protection stuff like that are, are are not fun to play against like old cards like you know pyroblast and stuff like that and legacy are you know will certainly never see the light of day again but but are clearly too strong and and not where design should be so like like yeah i did like i'm aware that this is not an easy problem to solve but i just hate the idea of just like printing stronghold or, color hate cards because like when they're when they're too good it's one of the worst
2: feelings in magic i feel like well yeah definitely and it seems like it's it's if, if there was a way yeah i, I need to be a better way to combat um say if you look at that, like say dominance uh surely there be a better way to combat blue or black creatures or blue or black non, non-creature permanents uh without making something yeah as stupid and narrow as, as as this. it's a really hard problem to solve you know
1: and uh I, like I want to say that like I understand that and I'm not just you know hating on uh, the teams that that make this game for no reason but like veil vale of summer is just clearly so pushed and like when you read the card if you can even imagine an atmosphere when it's good you just you can clearly see already how many strategies you're disabling from being playable you know
0: well I, I like part of the problem, and again, to give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt, is that they didn't anticipate green's dominance overall. So, not only like it, it obviously, it was very difficult to anticipate the way that the meta would, would evolve because you know they didn't. Um, so like, not only the fact that green is so dominant that like most decks are green, um. Most of the, you know, most played decks are green. So they have the ability to play this card. But then that all the green decks are splashing at the very least blue for Oko because it's so powerful. So not only do you have the ability to play this card, but then you're also playing against a lot of decks that have abilities that are countered by this card. So that pushes you towards the the main deck thing. And then again, people going into black because black has the only the only two mana answer for Oko. Uh, and then again, this card deals effectively or more than effectively with Noxious Grasp. So I, there was a knock-on effect there, obviously, of them not reali- realizing that Green was going to be so good. And the way that that pushed the metagame, um contributed to how good Veil of Summer was. Of course, again, you know, we still have to point out that Veil of Summer is like played in like all formats now. Right. And it's banned in Pioneer as well. So it's not just the standard environment where this was broken and yeah, maybe they should have seen it coming.
1: I mean Legacy Storm is splashing green much more heavily to have access to this card in the sideboard now. Tron in modern plays this card. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's at a base level, it's just too strong.
0: Yeah. I quite liked yeah. I quite liked the, the the cycle from our devastation, the the self color hate cards. They were kind of cool.
1: They were cool. And like it, like those were harder to judge too, right? Because we were all like, "Ooh, Liliana's uh, defeat—that's going to see a lot of play in modern." Turns out, like, nope, it's definitely not. <laughs> you know, those were those were more interesting designs. They were more subtle. They were harder to judge. And I think they, yeah, I think that's more what I would like to see.
0: I mean, that kind of causes the opposite problem, right? Where or not the opposite problem, but essentially, it kind of fixes the problem because. If the metagame is pushed in such a way that one color is better than all the other colors, then that color increasingly sideboards or potentially even main decks those self-color hate cards, which we saw with mono red and black red and Chandra's defeat, um, and theoretically those decks affording more space in their sideboard or whatever for those self-color hate cards allows other decks to take advantage because the sideboard slots aren't aren't being used up against those other color decks. Um, that's not really what we saw play out in practice because the, the black-red deck was just, like, too good. It was And also the mono-red deck was one of the best that has ever existed in Standard, I think. So um it, it just ended up that champions of Defeat was just, like, a necessary thing that you had to play. But it wasn't being main-decked in the same way that, like, Noxious Grasp is or whatever. so Or Veil of Summer is, rather. um Yep. So it, it didn't end up that way. But anyway, uh, I think we can all agree that Veil of Summer is reasonable to, to ban here in standard and uh yeah i think standard is gonna evolve in a very interesting way now with these with these cards banned and the effective date is is today as this podcast is being recorded uh for arena and magic online and the tabletop effective effective date is the 22nd which is this friday
1: yeah and i, I did we cover once upon a time enough do you think or do you, do you want to talk about that a bit more um is it is it just self-explanatory basically the card is just <laughs> clearly clearly a mistake I don't know but like they didn't hold their hands up to once upon a time in the play design article like they did for Oko but I think once upon a time is a card that more players immediately identified when the spoiler came out as being busted than they did with Oko so like is... I would have liked to see them address that
0: Yeah that that's very true they I mean, anybody can look at Once Upon a Time and go, that is very clearly an extremely pushed card that's going to be definitely very good. And it also is just going to make games play out the same way again and again and again. I mean, all you need to do is compare it to Adventurous Impulse, which is not in standard anymore, I think. I think it's rotated to it. It's
1: not. It's from Dominaria. Yeah, which is a card that I believe on the podcast we talked up quite a bit and we were very impressed with.
0: Yeah, you just compare it to that and then you compare it to Ancient Stirrings and you just go okay, well, it's just better than both of those. Yep.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, th- I, mean, I think that I kind of drop, like, obviously, it's, this is a very straightforward way to design a card, um, like, in a vacuum, is, so we take, obviously, i think what Community Nature, that's the first one, that was, like, the, the same effect as this, but costing one mana. It's like, all right, what do we have to do thing Sometimes it costs one mana less, but by default it costs uh, one mana more than doing this baseline card, which, like, uh, that's the kind of design you see a lot of Magic and lots of examples of that, where, um, it was I was like, well, there's the woman the less zero on it, and you know, I think that that something being free just trumps everything else. Uh, it's
1: just, it's just absurd. But like, how many times do they have to learn this lesson that like free cards are broken? Maybe, maybe that's maybe we it. Articles I think they did <laughs> Hopefully yeah. they did. No, I think they learned it already, and like this card was just egregiously pushed and was designed to raise the power level of the set and sell a lot of packs like this is one card that i just like can't forgive them for and i think having to ban it and ban oko at the same time makes this like a very embarrassing ban announcement for wizards of the coast because almost every other ban announcement that they've made i can like feel for people and i can understand how you know even with oko i can understand how maybe they missed it but once upon a time no, absolutely not. I I think almost everybody working on the set had to know how good this card was. They're professional game designers, and I just think it's like, I I, I like I am cynical about it, but I just I I I can't forgive them for that one, to be honest.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I, yeah, definitely. Agree with that, uh I mean, uh, in, in this article, lessons already talked about how like don't you know, talk about how some cards you know, during development they change your CMCs up and down, and talk about um, so it's possible that a design like Goku you know, it was maybe one point at four mana or at five mana, and then so things are changing as it, as it, as it's, it's being designed. Maybe something like Oko was four mana at one point, uh, but then they had a bit of wolf, they moved it wolf, wolf to four mana, and they wanted Oko to be a different, a different mana cost. So maybe that kind of ebb and flow is happening. Where <laughs> I can't see any scenario where uh, something like once upon a time ever seemed like like it was a good like it was a good idea. Right, because if you imagine that conversation, what
1: happens is you go, okay, it's two mana. What if we raised it to three mana? Okay, well, the degenerate combo decks will still play four in every single deck, and fair decks will play zero. Okay, that's that seems like too much. Let's make it so the degenerate combo decks will play four, and also the fair creature decks could still play four copies. You know what I mean? It's like wait, like where, did that conversation ever happen? Yeah. yeah, apparently not.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like if what if, what if they said. Again, I, I, it's not useful, really, to just think about how to redesign these cards, but even, like, thinking through your your hypothetical conversation in the R&D pit or whatever, if it was the first spell of the game, you can cast it for one instead of two.
1: Oh my god, that's such a better card, instantly. Like, and it, it took you two seconds to come up with that and you're not a game designer. And that's so much more an interesting card and would still definitely be playable in standard.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably, that's probably even, like, reasonable... Power level for modern, maybe, maybe. yeah, almost there. Yeah, yeah that's yeah,
2: that, that's that's a uh, community nature. Right? community nature is the same
0: text as what's on the time but costs full mana. Yeah, but it's community nature is a sorcery. Oh, just out of instant speed. Yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: God, it's fucking instant too. Sorry, I know I'm cursing a lot this episode, but I like I am. I am getting I'm getting fired up about this stuff.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, just... but also I will point out, sorry, because I said this about veil vale of Summer as well. This is another green card that Tron is playing in modern. You should not be designing cheap green spells two sets in a row that that Tron is interested in in modern. Sorry, Al, I know i must be upsetting you here, but it's true.
2: I, I, I was well, it's not upsetting. I I was playing this weekend and uh, it, it was very good. I played a very similar list to what you played. About the same as a very similar, very similar list to what you played at the uh, the um, the modern freelance, uh, that was called. Uh, The uh, playoff, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, it's just like you know what I mean. Tron is only interested interested in the most efficient, streamlined green cards you know available to them in the modern card pool, and they play very few of them. And if you design two of them that come out in a three month stretch, you got to look at yourself. I look looking so much this weekend; it was fantastic. Yeah, just in that deck now. With 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 once upon a time, you're you're totally fine just going to four like once a match. It's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been playing a a blue-green Stompy deck in Pioneer and I'm just mulliganing like crazy all the time.
1: Also very bad for paper magic, just to point that out for like paper pioneer and standard when it was when it was in in the format, but lots of mulligans just is lots of wasted time. Uh we were talking about as V's article, actually, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but where he recently is arguing again against the London Mulligan, but that's just another thing that incentivizes you to Mulligan and, and results in more dead time in paper magic games, and that compounded with Once Upon a Time was was also a big problem, I think. And a, like they they maybe could have arguably not banned Once Upon a Time and changed the Mulligan back, but but people would have been very upset by that.
2: Yeah, that that really, really was well an excellent article uh, by V because. I think that a lot of the modern is something that people universally love, but I think it's because people don't realize how much of an impact it is having to the game. He talks about uh how really it's kind of just forcing deck design into a particular direction that you know you have um instead of a strategy that fires on different axes depending on your on your draw, you can just have something that's very close around a, a, a shell that relies very much on uh, a few cards, like something like you know, goose into Ogo or elicit into uh crisis. Yeah, the basic philosophy is, like, if you
1: make games simpler, more players will enjoy them and be able to get into the game. But you are reducing, like, the beauty and the strategic depth of the game by doing that. You know what I mean? There's countless examples. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like, you can play chess or you can play checkers, right? It's a lot easier for a kid to learn checkers and feel like they're having fun playing a game than it is for them to learn chess. But it's
2: it's nothing compared to chess as a game. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's, that's something they touch upon in their uh, lessons Red articles. So they call this the fire, the fire philosophy. You know, so not to be confused with the philosophy with the philosophy of fire, which is a uh, three times seven is twenty one. But uh, fire is that yeah they want the games to be uh, fun, inviting, replayable, and exciting. So yeah, like you're saying, yeah, this, there is some kind of tension between inviting and replayable, uh, which I guess is obviously very hard to balance a strike because sometimes magic strikes it, but sometimes it strikes out. Yep, definitely, and like I feel like in terms of like
1: like designing arena when they're going into the world of like online gaming, which is all about like instant gratification and getting people to like stay hooked on your game and and you know what I mean, keep going back for more. You are very incentivized in terms of trying to make money uh, in term uh, to just give people this repeatable, enjoyable play experience. You know that'll that'll have these more casual players just staying on the game for longer, but that can get insidious in, in multiple ways in terms of just ethically, is that a good thing, you know, to create this, uh, repl- you know, this, uh, consistent kind of addictive experience. That's it. That's easier for new people to get into. And also, yeah. Is, is your game as good after you've made that decision basically. And I think once upon a time on the London Mulligan are kind of two elements of the, of the same problem there.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's kind of skipping ahead to the, the arena stuff, but, they did use the phrase lifestyle game when talking about the arena, when talking about arena in the article uh, earlier this week. And I mean, that's just something that's in general contributing to my burnout on games, a lot of games in general, or just the fact that I I don't get to experience a lot of games anymore. I feel like, and I'm sure other people feel this way as well, because, you know, it used to be the way that like I would play, World of Warcraft and I would play it religiously, right? I would log on all the time. But then I also had a PlayStation and other, you know, games on my PC and I would play those and I would finish them. Or if they were a multiplayer game, I'd play them for a few months with my friends and then we'd move on to a new game. But I feel like nowadays you just can't do that because every game wants all your time and all your money. So, and they're just bottomless and endless. So it is definitely contributing to a bit of burnout for me. And I guess magic kind of has a bit of a monopoly on this because it was kind of always this way, uh, including with paper. But I guess when it's paper, it's a little bit easier to make that mental space uh, to say, like, you know, like I used to when, you know, when I was living in Ireland, it was like, OK, Thursday nights and like every other weekend. That's my magic time. Um, and like very occasionally I'll get on and play magic online. But now with arena, it's just like all magic all the time. And I just, I, th- I think I am playing it too much, to be honest. I think I should probably cut back a little bit. Um, But yeah, I think that's, it's not just magic, but it also is magic too much.
1: Yeah, I guess for me personally, like I've talked about this on the podcast before, like before I played magic, I played Dota 2 religiously, as you said, and played competitively. And before that, it was fighting games, Street Fighter and things like that. So I've always been kind of a person that's just majorly on one game at a time. It's always a multiplayer competitive game and I always put all my time into it and and want to be as good as I can at it. But I'm the same as you in that, yeah, when I, when I was younger, I also played, you know, RPGs and single player games and got a lot of enjoyment out of those. I think for me, the difference is now I just have less free time because I have a career and I have, you know, social obligations and stuff. And as you get older, it's harder and harder to make time and and have those free hours where you can just game or do whatever you want. So now it just goes into Magic. I don't play those other games anymore, which I'm fine with, personally, which is, you know, a little different to what you're saying, but it, it is just it is a problem in that i don't want to have to log into arena to like do my quests you know every few days so i can draft for a bit cheaper or whatever and i've kind of just stopped doing that to be honest i'm like i'm just like i'm not going to worry about the quests and getting my gold and shit like that I'll, ju- I'll just log into arena i will you know pay for a draft of money if i have to pay for it or or whatever um but certainly, I think yeah, I think this is part of getting older, and I also think it's part of how gaming is changing uh, in terms of what you're saying. Yeah, what games demand out of you?
0: Yeah, uh, I like yeah, like when when other games come out, I feel like I'm missing out. Sometimes I feel guilty when I'm playing Magic. I'm like, oh, I should really should play a bit of Zelda. I should play. Um, I mean, I don't have a PS4 here, but I, I want to play like Death Stranding, or I want to play. Um, what just came out? Pokemon Sword and Shield and whatever, all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I just feel a bit bad when I'm just playing Magic all the time. And it's like I kind of have to because I have to be on top of things and I have to know what I'm talking about, you know, when we're on this podcast and blah, 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 blah. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It's uh you, you are right that it is part of just getting older and having less free time in general. And you just kind of have to choose to spend that free time in the way that you want. And and I have been, you know, aware of this and, and doing it as well myself in the sense that uh, standard was bad. So we all hopped into pioneer and I fired up magic online, which I hadn't done for, you know, almost a year. And I've played a lot more hours on magic online in the last two weeks than I have on arena. You know, I've, you know, I, I said before on this podcast that the, the, the month that I missed the card back in hearthstone was the month that I said, okay, I'm never playing Hearthstone again. And I have missed some like dailies and things like that in Arena, but I'm okay with going back to it now.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, do you Do you have any thoughts on that, all? Yeah, I suppose it's, it's kind of it's an article I think Safran Olive had uh, shortly after the, um, I think it was uh, the Arena, the article, let say Arena, and uh, there they kind of alluded towards, um, you know, towards, uh, you know, Eventually, getting Pioneer onto Arena because I think, sorry, prior, prior, to, this, prior to this article, Stefan also made the point that um, you know when Standard was really say yeah. When, as it be yesterday, and back when Standard was in a really bad place, uh like people, so franchise Magic players like uh, like ourselves, like how we'll describe, just go on and play Pioneer or go, go on to Magic Online play different, different, um, different format. Whereas I guess like the part the larger crowd, the more uh, casual players of, of Magic Arena, we uh, won't Standard is bad; they just switch off and play, go play another game. Uh, I mean, which is, which is probably kind of the interaction a lot of people have had with games, because like we said, uh, like, like, like we said we said that, uh, you're, everybody's so invested in, in one game that each game is finding your time. So if one is bad, you stop going to the another one. And, and sometimes just making that change once is enough to make you never want to go back. So I think without, uh, many other formats of magic, uh, on arena, uh, magic, you know, magic arena at least might suffer from that same, same issue, because I think probably part of why magic has survived for so long is because, uh, you could, you, he could constantly hop from format to format even from like limited to constructed which almost you know, feel like two entirely different games and uh, so i think you would have to adapt for that uh in order to keep up with uh, this new gaming environment and i also have not played any other games <laughs> since i started playing magic
1: yeah and i think i think like part of that as well um that you alluded to is like it's the the old phrase it's not about the magic it's about the gathering and like before the average player was playing a lot of arena like they were like you know playing with their friends and it was a social experience and kind of like the way a lot of people play board games and stuff like that you know what I mean and I feel like that is now getting minimized as well because more players are happy to just sit at home playing arena like that's definitely happened to me like I don't go to the local store very much anymore because I'm happier just to sit at home and play arena you know what I mean so I would say like even the more casual players are probably sitting at home playing online more than they used to and it's it's becoming just a different gaming experience for everybody yeah yeah
0: all right bands happen in other formats do you want to talk about legacy or well we already talked about vintage kind of do you want to talk about legacy
1: yeah uh i think it's worth doing so as as the resident legacy 49% grinder, win rate grinder on on Magic Online Um, I think this is a great ban Uh, Ren Six was just incredibly dumb in the format you can't print a 2 mana Planeswalker that gets back your wasteland every turn Um, slowly over time the format just got more and more centered around red and six. Like it pushed so many decks out of the format. Like death and taxes players basically just stop playing legacy because all their creatures are like X ones that just die to red and six. And you know, even though they're not susceptible to wasteland, they just can't play the game against a two mana planeswalker. So the format, basically, for the last couple of months has slowly just morphed into Ren and Six, Deliver Decks versus Combo. So, like, Sneak and Joe, Storm, stuff like that. And a year ago, like, despite some, you know, awkward printings, like, uh, Leavold, I'm not sure if that, that was longer than a year ago now. But, you know, some, some printings that, like, shook Legacy up and stuff, you could play so many decks. There was, like... It was the widest open format by far. You could do so many powerful things. You could have your deck that you've had for 10 years and you've been tuning and you'd be able to compete with it or you could be playing the current tier one thing. But that just hasn't been the case for a while now in Legacy. Um, and I'm really, really glad to see Ren and Six banned. I think it's going to open the format right back up and people are going to have like an awful lot of fun for the next few months playing it because I think there's going to be no clear winner out of these bannings. Like there will still be Delver X that will be quite good, but it will just open up
2: the format for like many other strategies. Yeah, I, mean, I think we, we'll, we'll argue that because because of the, of the surprise tag of play Legacy, that it being open and it, um, you know, yeah, like I said, you 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 be able to play your old pet deck. Uh, something that is very very important to the the format survival. Yeah,
1: especially now we should point yeah. out that the uh, the S C G tour has dropped support for Legacy and is replacing it with Pioneer. So that was those were the most common large legacy events in North America and now those aren't going to exist anymore. So legacy is slowly dying uh, as was is always going to be the way with an incredibly expensive format that's kind of hindered by the reserve list, but it's going to exist online and in smaller local tournaments for a long time and people are going to have fun playing it. So that's kind of fine in my opinion. It, it, this was it was always going to happen at some point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is just really bad to have Pioneer in that kind of, or not Pioneer, <laughs> Legacy in that kind of state um, because Legacy, when you kind of first learn about it as a new Magic player, it seems very daunting. You're like, oh my God, these decks are so expensive. Uh, these cards, what's going on? All these weird combos. But actually, it, it was kind of one of the most well-balanced Magic formats for, I don't know, a long time. Over the last several years, it's kind of been the one that's the most consistently reasonable and like lots of interactive gameplay and kind of quote unquote the way magic was meant to be played um so having it so homogenized around a single card it felt pretty bad and uh it's nice now that it can be freed up to to be the the wonderful land of possibilities that it was always meant to be
1: it's an amazing format and I will always advocate for people playing it, whether that's proxying up decks and trying them with your friends or playing it on X Major Cockatrice or if you have like a rental service on Magic Online that you use. The average Legacy deck is cheaper than the average modern deck on Magic Online now. So you can learn to play Legacy no problem. And it's not as scary as it seems, you know? It's like you can pick up a deck and get and get going and it's great. So I
0: recommend it. Yeah, I, I, yeah,
1: was,
0: I was scared of playing it for a long time. I, I, mean, I have, I still haven't really played Legacy very much at all. Um, but I, un, like, I, I've watched it a fair bit and I understand it to watch and I, you know, have an idea of most of the, the big decks. And uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely. I would say it's if for someone looking for an eternal format, um, or non-rotating format. Then I would probably recommend it to someone on Magic Online faster than I would recommend Modern because Modern is just not the kind of Wild West of you know, uh, play whatever you want that it used to be, if you know what I mean Yep, definitely Alright, um, what else have we got? So earlier in the week there was this article about the about Arena and I'll just do a quick uh, rundown of the main points and we can stop on the ones that we feel are worth talking about. So the, the first thing right off the bat was a, about the performance. So apparently they've, they've made some changes and are, and will be in the future, making more changes to improve the performance of the client. Obviously this is just, you know, this is positive all around. This is something people need and want, Um, the client had gotten to some pretty bad places, uh, over the last few months. So hopefully these changes that they're making can see some positive improvements from them uh i personally have not noticed as much poor performance recently uh in arena but again that said i haven't played it that much in the last few weeks so
1: it's been like on and off for me like when throne of eldraine released it was really really bad and then i think they patched it to fix it and honestly since then i haven't played that much so i don't really know but yeah there was a period there where it was and i just bought a new computer this year like a desktop gaming pc and it was still just like chugging so
0: yeah it's definitely has pretty much nothing to do with the specs of your pc right people like you say playing it on all sorts of amazing uh setups and, and it's still not the best performance um yeah, so hopefully that gets a bit better. And then the yeah, which,
1: they've got which is also really awkward for streaming, I just want to say as well. Oh. If you want your game to be advertised via streaming and it just looks like shit on every streamer's PC, that's not good for your product.
0: Yeah, and then obviously all the like crashes and things that happened at the Mythic Championship, all that looks just really bad. So I mean that's definitely priority number one and it's a good thing that they, they put it first here in the list. True. Alright, then they've got social features so we have a friends list coming very soon. I'm not sure when this update is rolling out but yeah friends list this is their social features 1.0. Um, all this does is add a friend list. Um, you'll be able to does it have players.
1: messaging challenge all that stuff is it like pretty complete? I haven't read this.
0: No so it says with this game update you'll be able to add other players to your friends list as well as remove and/or block them if necessary. Through your friends list, you'll be able to see whether your friends are online and challenge them to direct challenge matches through the friends list interface. So no more messing around with that awkward code every single time. Uh, you will just be able to plug it in the one time and then your friends will be on your list. Um, no chat yet. It's embarrassing. Yes, but it's, <laughs> I, I think it's on. The, it was on the roadmap for like next month, I think, but I think they're pushing it into next year. Which is wow. The... What? Wow,
1: <laughs> like man, come on! H- how much dev effort is it to send text messages back and forth and put it in a window? Like, <laughs> come on, dude.
0: I mean, I... Yeah, it's like,
2: it's, like let's say if I'm if I'm playing, I'm, 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 if I'm playing and uh, I see oh is this person no friends with. I haven't seen them in such a long time. Oh, my only way to interact with them is by challenging them. Challenging well, them. What if they don't want to play, I they just want to chat,
0: your go, your go. <laughs> hello nice oops um yeah i mean look it's not to say that there are no challenges associated with this obviously they need to do some you know they they need to do some work to integrate it within the ui and the ux experience of like adding friends and opening the chat box and navigating to the chat box and choosing whether you want the chat box on or off or whatever it is i don't know i'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on but realistically you know (laughs) i when this game was in beta you could, you know, you could forgive missing features, but now that it's been out of beta for several months, you would have expected that they would release these kind of social features with the uh, leaving beta. But you know, whatever roadmap things, live games,
1: embarrassing is all I have to say.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, and then their next bullet point is MTG Arena beyond standard. So people were just like the 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 criticism about historic in the wake of the Pioneer announcement was just kind of reaching fever pitch. Uh, honestly, fever pitch is, is an overstatement. I think people were just like, I literally don't care about historic. Um, nobody could ever make me care about it. I have no feelings whatsoever other than I'm disappointed. And uh, I kept thinking about it. I had it in the back of my mind because I was like, they said in November that they're going to announce these extra cards that they're going to add to historic. And what's that going to be like? How are people going to receive this? And Ultimately, I feel like I was kind of disappointed, but then I kind of came around on it and I was like, ah, let them do what they want. It's fine. Um, but yeah, basically, they want Empty Jury Arena to be a gateway to Magic, so that the premier way to to, to start your Magic experience, whether you're an old, uh, an old player returning or a new player, uh, they want to bring more of Magic's history into Arena, they want it to be a curated experience, and they want it to be a digital frontier, so they want to be able to experiment and expand possibilities of magic so uh they spoke a little bit to you know people say let me let me t- let me read about read this part out here so the event curation this is this is what i talked about with the lifestyle game part it says at a high level all this means is that mtg arena will feel more like your local game store running a variety of organized events throughout the week mtg arena is a lifestyle game not just a sometimes activity for most of our players it's our responsibility to ensure that there are great new experiences every time you play Otherwise things will quickly become stale. And I think this is kind of their little bit of justification for the fact that you can only play brawl on Wednesday, which is just an absurd sentence. And I can't believe it's real.
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad. The brawl thing. I hope they fix soon. The historic thing. I feel like it's probably actually a good decision in that the cards they added are like cool, interesting cards. Um, you know, they're not really. Most of them aren't very relevant to uh, to any real magic formats. Uh, excuse any historic <laughs> super fans that are listening to that hear me say that, but. They're, they're all interesting. You know, they're, they're all like fun to build decks around and if you're like an arena player that's never played another format and, and you like brewing, they are going to open up possibilities for you and you are going to like have a lot of fun brewing with these cards at like a kitchen table magic level. So I actually think that's good. The problem that I have with it is that it's such a huge swerve from them talking about adding like Brainstorm and Dark Confidant to Historic. You know what I mean? It's... Either that was a major miscommunication from whoever wrote that article uh, or they've completely changed what they want the format to be based on the response to Pioneer where they're like, oh, people love Pioneer. We don't need an arena competitive format like this. So let's just make it way more casual focused.
0: Um, I I think it was neither of those. I think it was probably them feeling out what people thought about those two cards being... A part of Historic. They're like, let's just throw some names of cards out there that we're considering and then we'll see what the reaction to that is. And obviously... They, were... well, they said
1: Worm Coil Engine too. So like all three cards they said that I remember were like very powerful.
0: Yeah. So they obviously were like, let's start out high with some cards that we think would be cool to add and people obviously love these cards. So let's, let's start out with the high power level but let's just say it instead of doing the work and then based on people's reaction then we can choose to go ahead with that or not
1: right but it's like it's it it is just such a major change to go from like bob to hidetsugu's second right you know what i mean it's like it's completely it's a different it's a different philosophy it's not just power level but like the cards they added are like fun build arounds they're not like powerful staples you know
0: yes that is true well, yeah, I think I think, and like, that's fine. I
1: think that's a good idea, but I'm just surprised at the movement. Sorry, Al.
2: Yeah, is it, is it possible that like back when that tweet was made, that it wasn't even conceived? Like, it's I, I think there's stuff, because the answer to Pioneer wasn't, uh, accompanied by any kind of product or by uh, you know, anything physical like that. You know, it, is it possible that, uh, due to everybody's really, really poor reaction to historic, uh, everybody say we don't want historic, we want uh, a, a, a new non Rotating modern, uh, or a new kind of you know, post modern paper format that you know, maybe that, that that's why the wheels started to turn for Pioneer more quickly, or maybe that well, maybe Pioneer is something that was planned that was shortly down the line, or they brought it forward because of this, uh, because of more reaction to historic. Uh, and now at one point, they were planning on historic to be like you know, the, the you know, the um, the new non rotating, non-ro- like the new uh, non rotating format, uh, but then well, and you know, their way, their way of bridging that between that and modern was to have these, you know, very very powerful cards in it. Uh, but then we just completely had to change your tone and change your direction because of the massive backlash you had against, uh, against the like, kids. Is that possible?
0: Mm, I don't think so because they said straight out in the original historic announcement that it was not meant to be uh, paper, right?
1: Yes, they said it was yeah. uh, going to be a renown. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, and uh, do you think it's possible that they they intended that their next non non format will not be paper? Like maybe they just, they just intended not having a paper format past modern that's not rotating.
0: No, they, they have intended no. for, for years. Mark Rosewater has said on his blog a Hog that they've, they 100% will add another non rotating format in the future. He's been saying that since probably around the time that Frontier started, because that's when people started talking about it. They were like, oh, another format or whatever. Do you think that this is something that would ever get official support? And he was like, yes, we definitely will do another non-rotating format and I think I think it just probably came down to like lack of communication between the two teams, like the arena team doing historic and the uh, paper team doing pioneer I think are completely unrelated um, maybe they pushed up the timeline for releasing pioneer because of the poor response to historic but I think both were in the works you know independently of each other that's what I would bet my money on anyway
1: I wonder yeah, I if like the her if the historic team has something to do with like the cube team working for Arena because they've said Cube is coming to Arena. Cube is the place you put like fun build around cards and powerful cards from older times. Would That make sense, but also not, almost none of the cards they've announced. I would care about picking a cube, so maybe not. Kill if you picked that? No, God, no.
0: Pick a lot of <laughs> salmon.
1: Fauna Shaman, yeah, definitely. That oh, yeah. card's great. That's that's one of the most powerful, powerful cards in the announcement. Like,
0: Yeah, definitely. definitely. Well, let me let me just very quickly go through some of the cards. So we've got Sarah Ascendant and Soul Warden. So these are like for uh, life gain strategies. We've got kind modern, <laughs> modern Staples. Yeah, Sarah Ascendant and Soul Warden are Modern Staples, yeah. Uh, Kinsbell Cavalier, which is uh, obviously for knight strategies, although it doesn't seem like a very good card. Um We've got Treasure Hunt, which I know there are. There's a deck in Modern based around Treasure Hunt, right? Yep. Yeah. I've uh, got Distant Melody, which I actually don't know. I don't think I've read this card before. Three in the blue for a sorcery. Choose a creature type. Draw a card for each permanent if you each permanent you control of that type. Okay, it's four mana. Elk joke. Well, elk joke. Yeah, doesn't seem very good, but okay. Uh, no,
1: like a lot of these cards are like cards you would open in a chaos draft and be like, is this good? I don't know if this is good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, some some of them are like clearly, obviously, like super good. Like the next one, Crypt Breaker. Yeah, Soul Warden. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, Crypt Breaker, Hypnot expect- So Crypt Breaker supporting zombies, hypnotic Expector supporting some kind of Discord, discard deck, uh, Phyrexian Arena for potentially control decks or mid range decks looking for value. Uh, tendrils of Corruption, that could also be a tool for, like, mono-black. Uh,
1: cards insane, a mono-black, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. And, uh, uh, like, Historic will have that, um, you know, there, there was that mono-black deck that was popular before rotation with um, the, the Chromatic Lantern. Um, oh, yeah. So I think that's probably a plant for that one. Kiln Fiend for your spells decks. Goblin. Shout-out to Eamon Sharpson, friend of the show. Yes, his uh, poster card. This was the first modern deck I ever bought as well. was like the blue-red, um, turbo, or is it Blitz? Yeah, is it Blitz, Kill and Bean deck? Um, so Goblin. are
1: in the right colours, you just didn't get the right magic cards.
0: What?
2: The Grape Shot.
0: No, don't be silly. I wanted to spend as little money as possible. Um. Yeah, fair. Goblin Matron for all the Goblin cards that are...
1: That one's sick. That one's, that one's insanely powerful. I just want to oh, yeah. out.
0: Yeah, very powerful. Um. Hidetsugu's second right, which I don't know, a lot of people were complimenting this choice because this is the first time that this card has existed in any format that doesn't have pain lands or fetch lands in order to lose life on command, like whenever you want. Yeah, uh, well, you're
1: saying a lot of people, the, the, the team that made it in the article literally the patted themselves on the back on that note.
0: All right. Okay. I th- I would just read it.
1: Yeah, but it is true, though. It is true. But uh, and it is a cool card and people are people love playing with this type of effect. Right. So it is cool. Yeah. You could make this slash Triska Decaphobia deck if they <laughs> ever put that in where you have two win conditions.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> so, yes. Exact numbers of life. I mean, I find it hard to believe that I would ever play this card over something like Experimental Frenzy in the four drop slot. But, you know, there you go. Um, or like Hazoret Well Hazareth's not in Historic right? It will be <laughs> Probably Uh, Elvish Visionary, Faun Shaman, Imperius Perfect All supporting an Elves deck Faun Shaman also supports some combo style decks Potentially uh,
1: Also Elvish Visionary is busted That card's busted Oh yeah Very powerful
0: It's just strictly better than uh, Dusk Legion Zealot Is that what it's called? You
1: can't say something strictly better in a different colour as David <laughs> Have you heard the tragedy of Fibble Tip the Lost?
0: <laughs> strictly better than Tip, except in the Kettis combo deck.
1: Well, no, it's strictly. It's, but I mean, it's neither. I'm getting annoyed here.
2: They've got to be different colors <laughs> got to be the same colours. They've got to be the same in every way, except for one thing. Listen, like how, um...
0: I'll say strictly better as much as I want.
1: Fibletip is so much better. God damn.
0: Crypt Breaker is strictly better than Sarah Ascendant. Agreed. <laughs> uh next card is Burning Tree Emissary currently tearing it up in Pioneer. Uh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh you have the I hate
1: that card so much man. It's no one ever. Why would they put this card in the format? No one ever
2: plays this card for fun. It's always yeah. nonsense. Yeah, that, that, that is a very strange decision. Oh, it it it's free mana, free cards, free mana is good. Let's put that in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, like it doesn't um it doesn't have the same things here that it does in, for example, Pioneer that make it an all star. Like it can go in the red green stompy deck. You can play Yeah, but why? And it's why into a a Zyrta Goblin on turn two. It's pretty good. You gotta you gotta give the, the Aggro deck something to compete with those Sarah ascendants and soul wardens. That's true. That's true.
2: My bad. Somebody once told me that uh it's it's I waited too long between you saying all star and making an all star joke, but uh, carry on.
0: Sorry, sorry for that. Uh, know. Captain Cisei, don't understand this one. Could maybe go into the uh, Kethis combo deck, but even still, it's a bit expensive for that deck.
1: I mean, this card is just like insanely cool. This is just a cool magic card that I like. If people in Commander love it. I think it's like a huge casual card, and people are just going to love brewing with this in the format. This is actually one of the ones that I like uh, because. If this is what they want the format to be, then this is like a great card to have there, I think.
0: Yeah, it is pretty sweet. Um,
1: it's Oath of Nyssa, dude.
0: Yeah, Oath of Nyssa, not in Historic, but okay.
1: Yeah, we'll see, we'll
0: see. <laughs> I mean, it's just been banned in Pioneer, so, you know, get this yeah, yeah, probably not, probably not. Get this combo pretty problematic in uh, in Historic, I would imagine as well. Um Ornithopter, Mind Stone, Dark Steel Reactor. One of those things is not like the others. ornithopter <laughs> Mindstone are pretty cool. Um, I can see them slotting into lots of different decks. Darksteel Reactor, though, I don't know what the hell's going on there.
1: I like Darksteel Reactor. That's another one where I'm like, oh, they just want this format to be like silly build around nonsense. You know,
2: ornithopter is a free card. No one complains about it.
1: True. I don't really get why they added Mindstone like that card it's kind of just boring to me and probably and too powerful compared to the other cards mostly yeah, that is a strange
0: one i'm yeah. not 100 here on the color balance either like they've added they've got four black cards and only two blue cards and technically four mono green cards if you not burn tree emissary weird in terms of color balance i feel like blue got super shafted
2: yeah i wonder if there's like a, maybe there's like a long list that got shortened to this Oh, but you kind of wondering which Todd I never went into this uh, this list.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
2: heard of developed?
0: Anyway, these cards will be available uh, very very soon. When are they going to be available? Uh, do, 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 November twenty first, and they are planning to do new groups of cards every quarter, and they will be planned to fall in between set releases, like halfway, and. They will coincide with the start of a quote unquote historic season on arena where you can, you know, freely play historic in like best of three competitive queues and, you know, contribute to your ranking, et cetera, et cetera. There will be a big historic event that you can join at the end of each season. It sounds like they're they're planning to actually do right by this format now. And I think most people are actually pretty happy with where they're bringing it Um they also called out the fact that they are willing to make changes to the format because it is going to be magic's only digital only format. They're going to be trying new things, uh, in terms of like bands on bands, they, they couldn't, they can just remove a card basically from this format. If it, if it doesn't work out. Um, and the way that you get these cards is also quite new for wizards. You just buy play sets of all 20 of the cards straight out for like 3,400 gems. Um, so interesting developments here in this uh this historic announcement.
1: All right, I have two things to say about that. One and I know one of them is. <laughs> Sorry, come on <laughs> Okay, one, it's nonsense that this is going to be a ranked format. Like that should not be the case uh, cuz they said that, they'd say that in the article right there's going to be a ranked queue. Yeah. That's going to be horrible. People are going to figure out the best decks very fast. It's it's not going to be fun and i think it's against the spirit of the cards they added uh, people are just going to like grind to mythic with this format and it's 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 not going to be a good ranked format i don't think and number 2 uh i'm pretty sure <laughs> with the list of cards that i could just play a standard deck and and get to mythic anyway i don't need to buy the play sets of the cards for 3400 gems i'm pretty sure i could just win with the currently printed cards yeah i mean it's a very good point
0: I, I think Kethas Combo or potentially Nexus are really obviously the best decks in this format.
1: Yeah, Nexus is gonna be nonsense. It's gonna be so horrible.
0: I mean it doesn't right. get anything from, from this, so.
1: Well, I don't know.
2: I don't know. Yeah. Limestone could be playable.
0: Mm, yeah, I guess. It's
2: a I think good yeah, that's that's why they printed it. Uh, give Nexus a nice boost. <laughs> a much needed boost. It's kinda I'm, I'm disappointed. And this is going to gear on one of your two points. Wasn't that a? Uh, everyone knows that Momir Vig, Momier Basic, is uh, the only non the only digital magic format. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Although I have seen people
1: play it in person with iPads all across the table, which I quite like.
2: Moment. Love Love but it. you can play this. You can play this arc with 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 real cards. Well, it's true. You know, I, oh, I'd rather it's play. Officially, Vig is officially not it. a
1: paper format. Al, you'll be DQ'd from the DCI if you play this format with uh, paper cards. Oh
0: no! Uh, One other interesting tidbit from the state of the game announcement was remastered sets. So people may remember things like this from uh, Magic Online, Tempest remastered, and the likes. Um, So they said, I'll I'll just read this part out. Later next year, we plan to begin addressing, or sorry, we plan to begin adding remastered versions of older sets to Magic: The Gathering Arena. The MTG Arena team, in conjunction with Magic R&D we'll be looking at multiple sets and condensing them into a single larger set that only includes the most relevant cards and adding that to the game. This will allow us to focus on what made these sets fun and exciting for players while delivering on the content much more quickly. This is a long-term commitment that will eventually lead to additional format support beyond standard and historic. Pioneer is one of the formats that we're working towards, but it'll be a longer journey before we can talk specifics. As we head towards that goal, we'll be focusing on delivering the best play experiences these iconic card sets can offer so to me that sounds pretty clear that they're going to be doing exactly tempest remastered Uh, for example they'll take shadows over innistrad and eldritch eldritch moon they will take the best 250 cards from both of those sets the most relevant ones for constructed play as well as the ones that make a good draft format they'll smush them all together into a draft format we will be able to pay pay to draft it and uh, add those cards to our collection.
2: This is excellent. This is I think it's fact that they're acknowledging that you know someday they plan on having Pioneer like come to Arena. I think Pioneer comes to Arena. just the the world will be such
0: a great place. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I think this is going to be fantastic. I would say well w- <laughs> I'll set the uh I'll set the bar at 2.5 years for like Pioneer to be not not 100% complete like not every card, but like all the important cards to be added to arena and would you guys like to take the over or the under on two point five years? Ooh, I'm thinking under. Yeah. You take the under, I'll take the over every time.
2: Actually no, yeah, <laughs> there's a bigger range of the over, that's nonsense. You can't pick up more time.
0: Okay. I I don't know how to do it then. You, you said it. Um oh I'll I'll, I'll have to do about this.
2: Is there a better way to do it? No. No yeah I mean the way, way you are supposed to play this is that me and you try to guess what Kieron is thinking uh the amount of time is so uh so, I'll say 2.5. So, if, if you say 2.5, I'd guess if it's, here on thinks, then uh, the time will be if that's over or under
0: 2.5. Okay.
2: But he, but well, I mean, he, he should have thought about it before we started picking a number to start on. So, uh, the game has been ruined.
0: Okay. Damn it.
2: Well, wait, it actually hasn't because I uh, my internet cut
1: out for a second. I've just got back. Oh, so, great. I actually didn't know the question yet.
2: Yeah, I didn't hear any of that. Oh, great. Okay. Um, so, how long do you, okay, well, yeah. So first of all, you, you're going to say how long, how many, how how long do you think it'll take for uh, his start for uh, Pioneer to be on Arena? But don't tell us. But like, write it down. Okay. Then... Okay. I'll, I'll
1: open Notepad.exe right now.
0: And when we say Pioneer on Arena, we mean like all the relevant cards, not necessarily every single literal card. Okay. All right. Okay. So I set the bar at two point five years, and Al, you're going to take.
2: Now, because of what Karen said, and because Kieran has been so cynical all through the episode, the way I can go very deep into this game. I know it's already been a long, a long episode. Uh, what I'd say is, I say three, three years, and then you can choose under or over three, and we keep on going um, until someone
0: goes under. Wait, I choose under or over three. No, we keep on going.
2: We keep on going up and up and up until one of us says under. You say two point five. I say three. Uh, do you want to go under or say a larger number?
0: Um, I'll go under. Okay,
1: right.
2: If you're on under over three. It's under. I
1: actually said two years on the dot, so you're
2: both already over.
0: Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, the
2: so, so wolf won that. We can we can turn this into a fun uh, post game game, post show game. Yeah, uh,
1: and and just 0-4. to explain myself, I said that because I think after the reaction has been so insanely positive, both in paper and online for Pioneer, I think that Wizards are actually going to put a lot more resources than they initially maybe thought into it. Um, and I think we will probably have it in two years on Arena
0: yeah that makes sense
2: that'd be great yeah definitely
0: um, man we've talked a lot today uh, I think we should try to wrap it up Al give us a brief tournament report from the weekend
2: oh well it was not a brief tournament so this oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be brief uh, I played in the Gamers World Store Championship Well, now it's called the Gamer, Gamers World Festival of Champions Festival of Champions this is a uh, uh, all the winners from the league straight the year. Uh, no year are qualified for this tournament uh, there were sixteen people at like this. Sixteen, sixteen of the greatest magic players in the greater Dublin region, fighting it out. Um, what happened? Uh, yeah, so it was yeah, so it was over two days. It was all different formats we played. Well, the exclusive the, the format was uh, modern. Uh, so like I said, I played um, uh, Kieron's, uh, winning Tron list uh, or something very, very similar to it. Uh, I felt very, very good. You know, I it was my first time. I have played so much Tron. It was my first time playing Once Upon a Time in Tron, and it is just as absurd as uh, as as we all thought it was. Um, so then, then it was on to throwing up El drain draft. So I was, I was pretty familiar with up drain. Uh, so I, I, did okay there. Uh, I think, well, just one play that's worth talking about is, uh, I think I might, mentioned to somewhere else that, um, I was playing against Mark, Mark Rubover, and He was high up in the, high up in the Swiss. He's, he did very well over the weekend. And, uh, I was playing against him and he had, uh, we had a very big board state It was very, very complicated. Uh, it was kind of going into a very long game. I had, um, I was playing this sweet blue red uh, discard, uh, no, discard, um, Sorry, blue red don't draw. Uh, draw and two cards. Stick. Uh, I had the, the guy who rats. Uh, I had the uh, Chapman next series, So I had two tokens. Uh, so in his graveyard. So at one point he played uh, the archon. What's called uh, the the white mythic the four or six something archon. The big archon. Uh, harmonious archon. I think. Herm- yeah, harmonious. I think yeah, harmonious. So he had so he had harmonious in, harmonious archon in his graveyard. He had two cards in hand. Um, which I didn't know about. So I cast uh uh what's called a Oh, it's a blue-black urge, Covenant Surge. I played Covenant Surge, uh, and I like, looked at his hand, so he revealed, uh, out, outnumbered, so we'll have uh kill spell that like, feels damage to number of creatures of control to an attacking creature. So he had that in his hand, and uh, he was like offering, oh, do you want to take this? I'm like, no, 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 no. See, a lot of people miss that uh, you know, c- uh Covenant Surge uh, Surge uh, can also take cards with a graveyard and them will oh. be cast. So I'm like, I'm yeah. taking your bomb. Uh, so I took, I, 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 took the Archon and I played it. i like, and all my things became three threes. And I was like, here we go. I'm, this is, this, this is the winning turn. But actually, you know, I, I think I set it up to win and the next turn. Uh, passes him. He drew a card, passes me because the board Board is already very, very big. There wasn't much I like, could attack with, uh, There wasn't much I like, could attack with because obviously this turned his things into three threes as well. Um, so I set up, I set up myself to win the next turn. Um, when the has the board, I was like, yeah, I'll attack you with, um, I'll, I'll attack you with all my flyers. So I just attacked all my flyers, attacked all my flyers. <laughs> Even oh, though I've I'd seen the Rubal spell in his hand and he played it and he killed his Archon and I had control under of, uh, so he killed that very easily because he had way more than six creatures in play uh, and then it just made uh, my when everything stopped becoming a tree, tree, it just made my attack very 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 bad and like I would have I would have won by such a huge you know, it, was, it would have been such a big attack big lethal attack uh, if I just kept the Archon back uh, it was it was it was, maybe it was a misplay but it was such it was so so far ahead uh, and it was such a this overextension of my attack that I really really didn't need to do uh, I just thought it was hilarious how how much of a massive blowout it was because he could just easily just block all my yeah all my tree trees became wood ones and all his blocks became favorable and his life total did not go to zero uh, And he won. So that was like that was probably the highlight the gameplay highlight for me. Uh, so after that we had a which throne of drain sealed uh, which went on to the next day. The next day you had some more rounds of modern at this point people are kind of starting to ID to get to the top eight. Uh, and I landed in the top eight. I had a few losses, so I, I think I was seventh uh, in the top eight. Uh, so in the top eight, it was really, then also just quite close to, uh, quite close to the start of top eight, which we knew will be a Rochester draft. Uh, Rochester draft has always been something we've done at these events where booster's are over, opened on the table, and people take turns, take a card. Everything is, everyone, everyone, everyone can see everything. Uh, we only found out close to the last, close to the last minute that this uh, will be a Modern Horizons Um Rochester draft, which obviously is a lot more value than throwing a the of Drain, which everyone thought it was going to be. Uh, but it's also the slight hint of, well, well we know we don't know. <laughs> like a lot of us don't know the format. Uh, only two people in the room had played format before offensively uh, and uh, I unfortunately was paired against both of them in the uh quarter and semi-finals. So I played against Eamon Jones in the quarterfinals. Um, so I guess my my draft, but yeah, I, I was just frantically you know looking up Dark in this format before the draft started. Uh, I had a quick chat out to who had who played. Uh, but in the format, he was going to give you quickly a quick just a, yes, um, a quick summary of all the different of all the different uh, archetypes. Uh, he he mentioned that the uh, that the green red uh, discarding a land or this, the green red uh, land in your graveyard archetype is very very powerful when it comes together. But there's not many ways to reliably get a card into your graveyard. Uh, but the payoffs are is very very strong. So I think kind of the way the draft is going, the way he kind of players to my right for drafting, this um, this archetype was open to my right. But I wasn't picking like the right cards for it because I, I was just reading all these cards for the first time. And then, so I, I, wasn't picking the, I wasn't cutting it off well enough. And then Cody, to, Cody, who was two players to my left, who also played this format. he was like also drafting the same deck. But because, it's interesting, because because I didn't know what cards would be taken. Uh, I, like, whenever, whenever I had a choice between two green cards that seemed like they fit in, into this archetype, i pick one, and as soon as he picked it, I'd be like, ah, maybe one was better. And he just just you know, slam, we'd slam, take the better one. So even though he's down to my left, even though he was downstream to me, he was still drafting a better, um, yeah, a, a better, we read, landed, landed a great kind of deck. So I had like loads and loads of ways to get the lands into the graveyard, uh, very, very consistently, but I had just a few payoffs. Uh, but in my last pack, I opened, uh, very, very classically, I opened, uh, um, an uncommon that's a four, four dragon with east. Uh, it costs six red, red, but it costs one out or less for each card in the graveyard. But I was oh, very yeah. happy to slam that, bring the glory, uh, which I did. Um, so I played so in quarterfinals against Amen. Um, so. I was very fortunate for Eamon, because this turned out to be a very good matchup for me. He was playing a mill deck. His mill deck was put together very, very well and it was very reliably able to mill build, build opponents uh, with the you know, with all the sub-permanence. And, the, and the, I think the zero four 4 that cares about sub-permanence comes to the, or that cares about permanence uh, enter battlefield. Uh, I think it causes trigger that makes him mill too. So you like multiples of those. And so he's milling me a lot, but obviously that was just, you know, empowering my strategy and making my glory bringer cheaper and cheaper. Uh, and it eventually brought to glory. But then then after that, I was immediately paired against Scully, who had knocked me out in the semi-finals of the previous uh, Festival of Champions? Uh, he completely steamrolled me with a with a far more competently built version uh, of my deck. Sounded like you died, you died doing what you loved, Al. Yes, good. bring in the glory and get in build. Uh, uh, there is one card. I can't remember the name, of it now. it's a card where it's a green card that's in the archetype. Uh, I had it and Cody had it. Uh, it's one green for uh, you know you, you name other land or creature. Uh, you reveal the top four cards in your library. Uh, any ones that are the thing you named go into your hand, and any ones that are not the thing you named go into your graveyard. So it's pretty ideal if you get like, a creature or two off that, and lands going to your graveyard. So it, it fuels your strategy in lots, lots of different ways. So against Eamon, one of the matches, like one of the games I won, I played that and I hit three creatures off it. So I just turned two, draw three. I had to discard hand size, so it was great. Uh, and then when I played against Cody, I missed. I I got zero. Um, so I I just milled myself before I uh, got no creatures. So um, I that seemed like such a extremely high variance card which i think it's fortunate for me It was almost like most of my games between the game between me casting or between or between myself casting or including casting it uh it was just like that how well you hit off hit or miss off that card uh really just determined how the rest of the game went uh that's what it felt like so it was it seems like a very strange card to have in you know uh, such a high high power high symmetry format as such as as, as such as Modern something rude something path i think the card is all.
0: I don't. I don't know if I've ever heard the sentence. I had to discard the hand size. It was. It was great before. Yeah, exactly. It was because well, so the rest
2: of my the rest of my deck was playing hearts, because uh, I didn't know how to build it, so I was able to be able to sculpt, sculpt, um, and my hand was good.
0: That's fair. All right, so yeah. Uh, so, I came in. Sh- shout outs to the eventual winner, Paddy, friend of the show. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he played extremely well all weekend. Uh, he he said he hadn't played much magic like over the last few months, but he just in this he, he just he tops twist all the way through. He didn't lose his first batch until like the tenth round, I think, ten and the twelve rounds, um, and it was like I think that happened last year to Kev Fookerdy. And Kei was he, he dominated the Swiss all the way through the all the way through the tournament and then got swiftly knocked out for the quarterfinals uh, when paired against a play seed, which was me. Uh, well, it was which was obviously very fortunate, but um, it was very fortunate then for Paddy as he was able to take his his victory uh, all the way through uh, into um into through 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 the Paddy. Uh, he also said himself he had a very little experience with the uh, modern rises format um he's <laughs> i was him in the side of in the final and he played it very very well
0: i mean sure look paddy is someone who who just has rock solid uh, fundamentals in magic and like i feel like you could probably just sit him down in front of any draft format and he would at, le- at the very least do okay so um i'm sure it was no bother to him uh, obviously as we can see because he won the whole damn thing
2: exactly exactly yeah yeah, definitely. And I think it shows that people say it's like a you know, very, very, uh, well, hard to be a very good player in general because so much what you learn limited crosses over very well into other formats. Oh, Where listen, Pad-
1: Paddy is easily one of the best players in the country. Uh, like, you know, he goes to GPs, he hangs out, he has fun. For me, he's he has always been one of the top players in the country since I've been playing. And yeah, I, I'd be fine losing to Paddy <laughs> at any tournament. I'd be like, ah, oh,
2: yeah, he's very good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, exactly, um, and uh, yeah, I, I lost it at some point, but it wasn't because I was doing very well in Swiss, because there's so few people in this tournament many rounds, at one point I was on 12 points and he on 24, and uh, I got the mega pair up uh, against him on a heat rush streak, but um, I, it, was, it was definitely an honour to play an honour to lose to uh, the store champion.
0: Alright, and I think we're going to probably leave it at that for today. We barely talked about Pioneer at all, but as of right now I do not see the ban announcement so uh, I think we're probably going to, have to leave it off until next week. Of course we did also have the biggest Pioneer tournament so far or the kind of the highest profile one with the SEG invitational uh, just this past weekend but uh yeah I think I think having the full context of whatever the you know the bans for this week are I mean I'm going to guess it's one of once upon a time band in uh, in Pioneer but uh we we'll, we we'll, we'll see next week when it actually when that information is is in our hands
1: yeah i don't i like going into this weekend i didn't really see anything that needed to be banned in pioneer going from the scg results yeah like green did well but like mono black i believe was the most popular deck in the in the decks that did very well in pioneer in general and that's not a deck i would have thought needed A card banned so yeah we'll see i I think the problem cards are the same as they were last week and you know i won't be surprised if there is a ban i won't be surprised if they leave it for a week
0: yeah all right and we are gonna leave it at that for today before we go i will mention once again our inked gaming affiliate program so go to inkedgaming.com for all your playmat sleeve binder needs if you want to get your custom art on a playmat if you want to do a doodle stick it on there if you want to put the school crack logo on a playmat just uh let us know we'll uh, we'll definitely let you let you do that um well actually
1: don't say that because we don't we probably don't own the rights to it because Oz's friend made it for us
0: <laughs> we paid for it
1: yeah but he still I, i'm pretty sure he still would own the rights if we like reproduced it in another form
0: Okay, well, but
1: yeah, do
2: it, and we'll uh, we'll figure it out later.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're, he'll be fine. We're millionaires,
2: yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll see what he thinks. I'll see what he says. Uh, I'll I'll read our email chain again. I'll get one at least. Yeah.
0: Either way, get yourself a sweet custom playmat over at InkGaming com. And if you want to help support us here at Skullcrack, you can just punch in the code Skullcrack at the checkout. S K U L L C R A I C. You get 10% off your order uh, and you can also follow the link that we will have in our show notes if you want to uh if you want to get to inked gaming nice and quickly straight from your podcast app and uh yeah do you
1: remember guys this offer is just for me not for you guys it's just a discount for me
0: yeah i'm just reminding kieran with this that's all all right. Thank you. Yeah. And if you want to get in touch with us and tell us about how jealous you are about Kiron's sweet playmats and 10% off that you can get, you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at skullcrack, uh, or you can tune into the Twitch stream, which Kiran is usually manning, and I think we'll we'll have some nice inked gaming, uh, uh, what are they called?
1: <laughs> like uh, Logos or... Yeah, uh, overlay stuff. Oh, yeah, which a- again will will be no benefit to you guys watching the stream. It's all just for me getting really good discounts.
0: Yeah. So you just want to you know, save yourself. That, that's
1: that's where we're at. Yeah, exactly. 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 So I'm happy for you here on this is great news. Yeah, it's actually brilliant for me. I don't know why you guys agreed to this, but um, I'm, I'm making out like a bandit
0: here. Yeah.
2: I mean, robber of the rich. <laughs> that's what I call myself.
0: <laughs> I'm a playmate. I think that's illegal.
2: Here on the I'm
0: That's me. All right. That's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Goodbye.
2: many times listeners have listened in tuned in well you don't really tune podcasts you download, listened in they listened in to hear the lion fight off against the wolf Uh, but now in this special episode of of lion versus wolf the lion will work together with the wolf you two, magic brains galaxy brains uh you're gonna have to work together to try and beat defeat my challenge which i have i have set which i will will tell you what it is if you are ready
0: never been more ready
2: can confirm very very ready like breck i am ready uh this is you know, so this, this is something that popped into my mind at an the other day where i think a bunch of us are talking about magic and uh it's just one of the things that i always like to imagine if uh what's someone who was let's say if you're, you're in a pub a bunch of people are talking about uh, magic cafe you know, either strategies or cards or different things at like the game uh how bizarre it was sound to people who are outside that conversation or people who've never heard magic before and is, they're like you know, I was saying, like, oh, God, what are those nerds over there talking about? And why are they getting, like, so excited about all these mad words and all these strange phrases? Because uh, obviously when people talk about magic, usually it, like, it's it's very impassioned uh, and franchised nerds who, who get very excited about all sorts of interactions and little things. So I just imagine in my mind, you know, what if there's, a, if if there's, if a bunch of people together just, like, start listing just names and stuff to do with magic, uh, that's also another thing that will sound very bizarre to an outside listener. So then um, I thought of, I put together this challenge for myself, which I immediately failed, but I'm going to put it to use. All right. I'll give you two chances to take this challenge in two different ways. Uh, can you, the Lion and the Wolf, uh, working together, uh, name all of the magic sets in order, starting from uh, limited edition alpha? Do you think that's what you could do? <laughs> no, absolutely okay. not. No way. Well, so what, Wolf, okay, so what on. do you think?
0: No, not a hope. I mean, all sets or or just like expert expansions or whatever?
2: So I'll say these are, I guess, um, not including multiplayer or uh, master sets. So all of you, I guess, we'll call standard standard expansions.
0: Yeah, like regular standard sets. No, not a hope.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Well,
1: so I, so give you... I can I can do pretty well at the early sets. I'll, I'll, no, I don't oh. know if I can, honestly. Right, like, I, I, it's I'll, so hard.
2: It is very hard. That's why well, that's why it's a challenge. Well, I'll give you two chances. First of all, I'll let you start off from the start. Uh, and then if you fail, uh, or when you fail, uh, you can start again at 10th edition. These are starting you know, in the modern modern era. If uh, that is if that's more appealing.
1: Okay. Listen, I uh, Wolf. I, uh, I I feel like I can do okay at the start. So okay. let me go well, and see how we it...
2: Okay. Well then maybe maybe we'll be Wolf at you today. So the way we're gonna do this is we're gonna take turns, uh, you're gonna alternate. Um so I'm gonna start on and then Wolf then on and Wolf then and on Wait,
1: I, I thought it was
2: cooperation. No? Oh it is oh, it is cooperation, but what happens is if if uh, Say if Kieran says a name that Wolf thinks is correct, Wolf says the next one. But then if Wolf says a name that Kieran thinks is incorrect, uh then you say no, actually it's this. We can only do that. Yeah. Okay. But then if okay. you're if you, if, then if you saying no, it's actually this and if that's wrong as well, uh then you lose. Okay. And then, I, yeah. So and then yeah, and you can also pass if you don't know, you can pass the name and then we you continue on. Can we confer? No. no. Oh, okay. okay. So only only by uh only by saying the set name. The, set name. the only, only way you can communicate is by saying the set name. Um, okay. Or by saying okay. no set name. Yeah,
1: We're going to okay. fail very early, I think. But, okay. Yeah, let's, let's All right. It.
2: Okay, we'll start off with on So, the first set. Uh, limited edition alpha. Uh,
0: it's on me now?
2: Yeah, so if you think it's correct, you say the next one.
0: Okay, limited edition beta. Uh,
2: unlimited.
0: <laughs> Revised.
2: No, it's uh,
1: Arabian Nights, I believe. Oh. That is correct.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going. Okay, so so I say revised now.
1: Nope, it's uh, antiquities.
0: When did revised happen?
2: Can't tell you. God right. no, that'd be cheating. So it's like fair enough. Yeah, so it is Arabian Nights
0: antiquities. Okay, so Arabian Nights antiquities. So now it's my turn again to try and name one. Yes. Okay, well I I feel like if I say revised again, I look like an idiot. But maybe it just is revised. But I'm explaining my thought process here. Uh, I'm gonna go for legends.
1: No, it is revised at that point. Yeah, it's revised. Yeah. All right. You go. On.
0: So me again. Uh, yeah. You again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I pass. I don't know.
1: This is this is where I get unsure. But the fact that you said legends, I'm. I think. I think it actually is legends now.
2: Yeah. It is. Oh, it nice. is. Yeah okay.
1: yeah. okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Maybe I'll,
2: I'll just say yes if it's right. I guess it's right. Yeah. Better of course. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, can you
1: give us Al? Can you give us a final answer as per yeah. uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Yes. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: okay. I,
1: I the legends.
0: Yeah. Okay. My next guess is Homelands.
1: No, 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 no. It's not. It's not Homelands. I know. I know that. No, it's not okay. Homelands. Yeah, it's not Homelands. I
2: believe it's the dark. That is correct. We're back. Okay. Back to Wolf. Um.
0: Well, see. In my head, I was going to say Homelands, and then I thought the dark was after Homelands. So, um, but once again, I'm not going to say homelands now because that sounds stupid. So I'm going to say no. I yeah, I am going to say homelands again.
2: <laughs> uh, homelands is incorrect. Uh, okay. I, uh,
1: I don't know what it is now. Um, Ice Age? Uh, it is not. Oh, Fuck,
2: okay. Uh, it is Fallen Empires.
1: Oh, what a terrible set.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fallen Empires and Homelands. They're, that's the pre-block sets then it's uh yeah wait, wait, wait. do we lose
1: do we lose or do we come you know you, you, uh, you, you
2: lost you lost damn it uh, i felt we roll. did well though we did well how many it, it did it, it we bad. get uh i don't know we got a one, two, three, four, five. five <laughs> uh i'm a few more than five uh about 10 you say yeah he's in get to fourth edition yeah yeah 10 nine nine nine
0: Kieran did well i did not do well
2: yeah well it's not a competition well, I guess everything's competition. <laughs> right? I I yeah, want to go more time. Off You're off the podcast. <laughs> uh, you want to go one more time starting at 10th edition?
1: Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, be, I'm, I'm, confident. I'm confident. I'm okay. confident about that.
2: Yeah, maybe you can fly through it. Okay. Uh, so uh, July 13th, 2007, 10th edition. What? No, yes. What came next? Um.
1: Uh, you can't you can't start us with a core set. That's incredibly what? unfair. Start us no. start us with with an actual set because like, you can't start us with a core set. That's ridiculous.
0: No, because I think right? it's
2: like
0: a start start modern is... are you, are you... Yeah,
1: but start me with an actual set, and I'll tell you what the next set is. I can't tell you core set year to year what was well, next.
2: hold on. I think am I reading this wrong? Hang on. Oh, wait.
1: I mean, yeah. none of us remember the core sets. There's no way.
0: Tenth Co- edition was not the start of modern. Eighth edition was. Yeah, sorry.
1: Also true. Yeah, also sorry, true.
2: All oh, the start of modern. Eighth. edition. 8th. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah but also, down. you
1: can, you kind of expect us to know the the core sets. We, well, start with, yeah. So start going, off it. Yeah. Start Give with it. us Thanks. an actual set,
2: and we, okay. We well, then, I suppose right. You start off. You start off on the first one is eighth edition. After that is the first non-core set in modern. That is mirrored. In. Sorry, there I don't know so. if that was
1: mirrored or not, but it is. Oh no!
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's all supposed to start this in eight, yeah, and um,
0: yeah. So after that's Mirrodin, then Block David. Um, it's a Meriden block, so I know it's Meriden block, but <laughs> no conferring he's lost. No, it's my oh, god. Oh damn it! I I know Meriden block is is Mirrodin Darksteel, dark but I don't know if it's. Uh, yeah, I think it's dark steel second.
1: Yeah, correct. Very good. Uh, Fifth dawn next. Correct. Correct. Yeah.
0: Right. Ninth edition. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, what there was a there's a course <laughs> every three months and <laughs> yeah yeah or every
2: six months no it's um wait is that next hang on i, I assume it was oh wait i was going to jump to the deck uh, i am not at if the screens here. yeah that's correct yeah 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 oh nice okay
0: because it it, it, was, it went corset uh three sets, three blocks another corset.
1: okay yeah. yeah uh so wait where am i at fuck
0: I, wait, so- did what did what
2: so uh, what's the so ninth block? Ninth edition. Ninth edition. edition. What said ninth edition?
0: Was after ninth edition. And after weirder block. Um I think this this one is is hard. I think I know what it is. After ninth edition.
2: I heard a click. Don't <laughs> be looking at
1: this up. No, I'm not. No, no. This is my my mouse. Is my uh uh pushed to talk. I'm oh sure, yeah, okay. yeah, okay. Very confused. Okay. After ninth edition. Yeah. So okay. You... okay. one Um. It's it's the it's the start of Kamigawa, uh, which is uh, champions of Kamigawa. That is correct.
0: Okay, I was fairly confident on that one, but now between the other two, I don't know which is first.
1: Oh, that's a bummer because I definitely know. I know the order. Damn it.
0: I think I think that I'll go with the idea that it, you know it had like a dark middle chapter, and I'll say betrayers of Kamigawa.
1: Yeah, that's correct yes nice uh saviors is the next one correct
0: all right and then 10th edition
1: correct um ravnica full title R- ravnica city of guilds
0: correct um dissension
1: incorrect ah oh. uh, uh, guild pact
0: correct okay dissension yeah
2: correct
0: um I went with the I went with the dark middle chapter theory again <laughs> yeah but it uh, didn't work out um um <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. So wait,
1: is
2: it me or who's next? So it's Kieran now, after after the
0: block.
1: Okay, so I'm not sure about this. Um, Wait, can I? I'm not allowed to say anything except just the title. We're not allowed to confer.
2: Yes, that is right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so. No, if you get two wrong in a row, it's over.
1: I don't know which is block. I, I know the next two blocks, but I don't know which is first. So I'm going to say time spiral. That is incorrect. I was make sure.
2: Sorry. Yeah, that is incorrect.
0: Um, oh,
2: sorry, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that is correct. Sorry, yeah, it's
0: Well, um, oh, there was a after dissension, surely there was a core set, but was it it wasn't magic 2010 though, was it? Yeah, I'm gonna say magic 2010. You have both failed, damn. Uh, so,
1: I'm sorry, but you're so magic 2010. Uh, Wolf, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
0: of
2: into his no, so it seems like they, they moved away from all the of, uh, blocks and. Uh, corsets. So after detention, uh, there wasn't any corsets until the following year. So, um, detention yeah, was April twenty two thousand six. Uh, then it was cold snap was July two thousand six. Oh uh, fuck, cold snap. Yeah, and then then was time spiral, and then I think after time spiral. Uh it goes no so yeah
0: so the time's old and that's learned...
1: such bullshit because cold snap was a was a one off set that wasn't part of a block in the fucking block structure. That's so hard to get to be fair. I know, yeah, that that, that that's is that's so hard. hard to get. Yeah, cold <laughs> snap. Fuck's
0: yeah. sake. And okay. in, in that's cold snap served the purpose of, of a core set there.
1: Right? Core set. That's so hard to yeah. get. Wait, Al, let us keep going here. I will. I wanna keep going and see. All right, okay, okay. right. After all
2: right, fine, fine. After cold snap. Uh
1: then okay, so I know that it is time spiral, so all let's right. go from there.
0: Yeah, all right, back to wolf So planar chaos. Correct.
2: Yes, uh future side.
0: Correct. Lorwin?
2: Uh I think I made a mistake. Uh sorry, second. Um we said tenth edition already, did we? No. What's up? Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh. Got her. Okay. Uh Roman's incorrect, and so I might have given away the chancers.
0: But, but we did say tenth edition already. Okay. Well,
2: okay. I ruined that. Uh, it seems like there's only a set every second year from 2001, 2003, 2005. So I'm looking at two different lists, lists here. So uh, that was my fault. I got the core sets wrong when I said it regret. So
0: Lore, Lore one came out in 2007, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So then 10th edition, sorry, 10th edition of 2007. Yeah. So yeah, there was gaps. It started. Yeah. So there, there, there's, there, yeah, there was a two year gap between those course sets.
0: Okay. So what, wait, we're looking for what came out after. Um. After future Sight Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. I was convinced that Lorwen was immediately after Time Spiral block, but um.
2: Oh yeah, it, it was. It was. Yeah, I'll say no. It, it was tenth edition.
0: Oh, okay. So tenth edition. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So Kieran, what was after tenth edition?
2: After
1: tenth edition is, I believe you were correct. What did you say before?
0: We can't. Uh,
1: Lorwen, I think it's yeah. Lorwen, right? Yeah. Yeah yeah. That's right.
0: yeah. yeah. Um. Morning tide.
1: Correct. Uh, Shadow More. Correct.
0: And Eventide.
1: Correct. Um, 11th edition? Wrong. That's not a thing. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck.
0: No, uh, Wolf. So was this Magic 2010? No. Uh, this? Or M- M10 came out in 2009?
1: No, no. It's not It's not M10. Uh... M10 was after the next block. I just realized how I fucked up.
0: Oh, okay. So the next, next block was oh yeah Patrick Chapin
1: block <laughs> we're, uh, we're just cheating we're just cheating yeah
0: I I, I got it I got it before you said that because I just thought about it and now that I remember because of the block structure of Lorwyn that it was like big set small set big set small set so that uh, Eventide was the basically the core set slot for that year so then the next block was Shards of Alara that was correct
1: Eventide <laughs>
0: okay Launcher singer your, sing your uh... yeah,
1: yeah. Right. so sorry uh, have you disqualified yeah, me or can uh, I keep going? You,
0: you, you can keep going you can keep going I'll say just
2: okay. for now we'll ignore okay. the core for now I think the core sets have ruined so much of this, this challenge Uh yes get the core sets
1: I can get the core sets from now on because it's <laughs> where when I started yeah. playing Actually, but, for, um, for now on,
2: yeah and it is yeah. easier for now on it's just every year for now on but yeah, the yeah, yeah. Corsets. yeah right. so, so the
1: next set, the next set is Shards of Alara
2: yeah well we'll set that, yeah. so after that is oh shit sorry
1: it's um, uh Conflux Correct.
2: Uh, Alara
0: reborn.
1: Correct. Um, M10. Yeah. Correct.
0: Mm, Zendikar. Correct. Yeah, I was losing my mind. I was like, "This
1: is <laughs> what I started. This is this is my jam right now." Uh, Worldwake. Correct.
0: Rise of the Eldrazi.
1: Correct.
2: M11.
0: Correct. Uh, Innistrad. Incorrect. Scars of Mirrodin. Correct. Uh, um, Scars of Mirrodin, and then the second set. That block I remember the third set
2: Okay at this point Because Kiron has played At this point I'll say now If Wolf gets this wrong He both lose
1: Oh yeah that's fair That's yeah, fair Because I'm pretty sure I could do every set From yeah, no. from here in so. Yeah there's no way To get it wrong Yeah so Yeah yeah um, Could I give him a card From the set To help
2: him Yeah I think Yeah I don't think, yeah, think That's what to help him Because it would help him
1: Okay I'm going to say uh, The Zenith cycle Is from this set Probably doesn't help very
2: much. Yeah, he already is for Mirrodin.
1: I know, but still. Um Okay, you remember the you remember the name of the third set, right? Yes. So this is before that happens.
0: Yeah.
1: Al oh, I don't know if I could say any more. No, yeah, can't any more. That's alright. Okay, okay, okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Scars of Mirrodin, something, and then new Phyrexia. Yes, correct. So the middle set is something related to the war. Yep. Between Mirrodin and Phyrexia. Yes. Man, I cannot remember. Um Zenith cycle.
1: Yeah, that's probably not it's not a very good clue to be honest. You would have to have photographic memory of one of the cards.
0: Like Batter Skull was from was from this set? No.
1: Um I actually don't know. Can yeah, you? I I think so. Yeah, I think so.
0: Can I have the set symbol?
2: Uh, I'll read it it's what set symbol is based on this description. Uh, it's not too yeah, this is um it is the mirror that it's not, not going to help at all. Mirror and Frexian symbols combined—that kind of helps. I think so, actually. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's 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 like basically the Frexian uh, mana symbol, right? Or no, sorry, there's two. Yeah, my bad.
0: The Frexian mana symbol is the symbol for new Phyrexia. Yeah, but it's also on some of the
1: this set yeah. kind of things. This might be our longest uh, lion versus yeah. wolf ever, and it should yeah. be lion. I thought it going to be quick. Lion yeah. and wolf. No.
0: Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I can't. I'm going to push you for answer. No, that's it. We That's it. That's it. Uh, what is it? bearded and deceased. Oh, God damn it. So we got so far
2: and tried so hard, <laughs> yeah in the think... end, we didn't even get to that trailer. No, did not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, if, you, if you'd have got that, you would have flied through the rest, so I'm sure. Yeah, is... yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That's, that is a tough point, to be fair, because it's all yeah. like such the one thing in magic players' minds.
2: Yeah. So uh so Wolf, you have to become an expert at uh Weird and Besieged uh Limited and Kieran at uh Cold Snap for yeah, our next Cold Snap, quote. god damn it.
1: <laughs> One of the least appreciated sets <laughs> in magic history to be <laughs> fair, is what I yeah. missed. I didn't miss a I didn't miss a, a well received set. I missed like a piece of shit set that everyone hates.
2: <sighs> yeah, yeah. Wikipedia has a long uh, footnote for uh, for for um Ice Age uh describing how Openlands is not as part of the Ice Age block. It has no thematic link to Ice Age and alliances. It's brilliant. Actually,
1: I remember even as a teenager going into Sub City in Dublin and they would just have Cold Snap packs that never got sold, even though it came out years before. And I was like, man,
2: even though I didn't play Magic, I knew like, this is not good. These aren't good packs. Yeah, it's just here nearly a decade later, 2006. Cold Snap was released as a belated third entry to the Ice Age block. It's pretty it's So, yeah, it's so bad. All right. Anyway, I I hope you guys enjoyed
1: us uh, doing our best.
0: I'm sure whoever was listening to this was probably screaming at their podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening anyway to our uh, terrible efforts to recall magic sets in order. And uh, that is going to do it for us this week. Bye bye. Bye.